0: Back, back, Bucknutters, to another edition of Nuts Recruiting Radio. I'm Alex Blygman, your host, back after a one-week hiatus, a little trip over, uh, I guess, across the pond and then some to France, but now we're back. It's game week, uh, a lot of excitement around Columbus as far as Ohio State's season opener against Oregon State, but recruiting hasn't stopped, and that's what we're here to talk about today. We have Alan True, 24-7 Sports Insider, here with us today. Alan, thanks for joining the show.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I followed your work for a long time uh, at Scout. I'm really happy to have you in the 24-7 sports family. I know you're one of the best not only uh, in the Midwest, uh, kind of your expertise, but also uh, in the entire country. And and so with that, you know, we kind of want to tap into that a little bit. I know you're in tune with a lot of the prospects in the region, especially in the state of Michigan uh, where you reside. But, um, you know, the Urban Meyer situation, I don't want to get too much into it, but it is Um, something that obviously has been talked about uh, for the last two or three weeks. Um, It's definitely something that has at least put recruiting on hold for Ohio State. Maybe that has been alleviated now that Urban Meyer's uh, punishment has been handed down. The coach will remain at Ohio State. But I wanted to kind of just get a sense of what you've been hearing out there, just from talking to coaches and prospects and uh, family members and, and things like that. What have you been hearing as far as the impact on the Urban Meyer situation when it comes to Ohio State recruiting?
1: Well, I think certainly before um, any decision was made and the investigation was still going on, kids were definitely in a, a mode of let's see how this turns out. Um, and I think even now, even after it has been resolved, I think kids are still kind of waiting to see what happens as far as, um, you know, the how the season goes, what other recruits decide to do. I don't think any kids are in a real hurry Um, that are uh, involved with Ohio State to try to make any kind of decisions. I think it actually came, if you want to find a silver lining for Ohio State here, I think it actually came at a a pretty good time as far as kids were in 2 days kids were looking to start their senior seasons, kids are starting school right now, kids couldn't take official visits yet. So there really wasn't a ton of recruiting going on during the month of August anyway. So now I think you reach the point where you you try to get some kids back on campus, kids try to feel, feel the vibe. And I think there's a couple of key prospects in the Midwest that Ohio State uh, is at the top of the list for, and depending on how those recruitments go, that should tell you how much of an effect it has. I'm I'm particularly looking at what ends up happening with some guys like Justin Rogers, guys like Zach Harrison, guys who I think uh, would easily end up at Ohio State under normal circumstances do those guys still end up at Ohio State now.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to to see how that kind of plays out. But as you said if there is a silver lining in all this, it probably came at the best time um, for Ohio State. Uh, it was during the dead period. As you said, kids were getting ready for their seasons, starting, some even starting to play games. And I know that includes the state of Michigan, where you've been um, going to some scrimmages, going to some games um, the past couple weeks. Um, and, and we'll touch on some of the guys you've seen and some of the guys in the state that Ohio State's recruiting in just a minute. But I want to talk about Ohio State recruiting in the state of Michigan um, it used to kind of be, at least when I was growing up, and, and I'm sure you could say the same, it was Michigan, the state of Michigan, the best players went to the University of Michigan. And, you know, even growing up, I mean, Michigan took who they got. I mean, obviously Ohio State got a couple guys here and there, like the Vernon Golsons of the world and whatnot. Um, but, you know, if it wasn't Michigan, it, it was probably Michigan State, uh, or maybe it was Notre Dame. Uh, but Ohio State is really, especially under Urban Meyer, has really made the state of Michigan a priority. Um, guys like Mike Weber, guys like Damon Webb, Michael Jordan. Um, those are guys who Ohio State has recruited under Urban Meyer that have gone on uh, to be stars at Ohio State. So I guess in your opinion, what has made Ohio State uh, so successful in what fans would call the state up north, and, and why have the players in the state been so receptive to going to, I guess, quote-unquote, the rival school from kind of the flagship uh, university in the state?
1: Yeah, it's the first to touch on what you said. I think, you know, even Vernon Golson, that wasn't a kid that Michigan kind of fumbled that one. They didn't go after him early. He came to their camp. They they took a long time to offer him. And Ohio State wasn't able to come in there and, and and establish a relationship with him. Same thing with Craig Krenzel. That wasn't a guy that really was recruited too heavily by the in-state school. So that was what Ohio State used to do. They'd come in and and steal a guy that was maybe flying under the radar. Now, like you said, they're going toe to toe with everybody up here, and I think. What happened was Urban came in and he said, we're, we're not going to take no for an answer. We're basically going to just keep pushing the door down until it breaks. And uh, I think he, he made a great decision by putting Kerry Combs up here as the uh, area recruiter initially. I mean, if you're going to have a guy who is going to be kind of unrelenting and really sort of push the brand and just be a bulldog on the recruiting trail. Kerry was the guy, and I think he did a really, really good job of establishing those ties, and then Urban and the assistant coaches would come in and basically kind of clean it up behind them. And and so you needed to get one or two dominoes to fall. And I think it fell. um, those first couple of uh, guys that they got, you mentioned Mike Weber and some of the guys around that time, it came during a period where Michigan was in some coaching transition. Michigan wasn't Doing particularly well on the field at that time, and uh, it was just kind of the perfect storm there. But I do think it was the persistence of the Ohio State staff, and there was some. And then this happens everywhere. Everywhere that I cover, the in-state school always kind of has the burden of all of the all of the in-state kids feel like they're being ignored by the in-state school. You know, you, you have this, you have to kind of walk this line between not recruiting too many in-state kids and also not feeling like they're you're neglecting them or not making them feel neglected. Um, And in Michigan's case, I think a lot of those uh, programs started to feel like, hey, Michigan's going too national here, and and it just created a situation where Ohio State was able to come in and take advantage. And then Ohio State, those guys have had success. Um, Those guys have developed into starters, contributors. Some of those guys have gone to play the pros. And I think when kids look at that, um, that that makes a difference. And I also think having it pipelined into a very visible program at Cast Tech made a very huge difference as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, as you said, I think they had the right guy on the trail and Kerry Coombs. I mean, that guy is – no one in America has more energy than that guy. I don't care how many cups of coffee you drink. He's going to out, uh, out-energy you, and, and he was probably the right guy to do that. The first domino to fall, I think, was Damon Webb, and then obviously Mike Weber, Joshua Lobby. Uh, followed Michael Jordan after that. Um, and, and the guy we, we mentioned, that another guy in kind of that first category uh, under Jim Trestle that they used to kind of pick and, and that the, the Michigan State and Michigan weren't really on as much was Jonathan Hankins. Um, that's – I don't know how I forgot to mention him, but he's obviously uh, one of the greats from the state of Michigan that went on to, to star at Ohio State. But, you know, that pipeline hasn't stopped with Michael Jordan. Uh, it obviously continues to flow a little bit. Um, 2019 class, Ohio State does have a commitment from quarterback Juan Mathis who they flipped from Michigan State. Not a guy University of Michigan was after, but they did flip him from Michigan State. I know you've seen Juan in action. Uh, there's a lot of mixed opinions on him out there. I just want to hear, probably from a guy who's seen him maybe more than anyone else, uh, What's give us a little scouting report on Juan Mathis.
1: Yeah, I think the mixed opinion comes because there's, there is definitely a range as to where he could fall here. I mean, the upside is so high Uh, And I think there's some rawness there that it depends on how he develops over the course of time. I think when you look at what Ohio State was doing on the quarterback board this year, I think that uh, if you could get them to talk about it, they would probably agree with us where we feel like it's not a great, great quarterback year nationally. So if you're going to take one of the guys at the top of the national board who don't really think is that good anyway, maybe they're a little bit more polished than DeWan, I think the thought was let's maybe take a guy – Who's a little bit less developed, but whose upside is higher. And uh, there was a, a longtime scout that, that I know who happened to be at that first game that I was at this year. And he said, you know, yeah, this guy's got, got, got a lot of things to work on, but his upside is Terrell Pryor. And uh, I can't necessarily argue with that. Um, Dewan's almost six six now. He was about six three six four when we first started scouting him. He's continued to grow, he's filled in. And the thing that I was most impressed with in that first game, they played a team that last year, uh, and the last couple of years, has gone really deep into the playoffs. And last year, beat their Oak Park team pretty good. And DeWan didn't particularly have a good game against them as a junior. He came back this year and had a really good game against them, and, and they beat them uh, pretty easily. And that, so that was a good team that they faced. They were in a revenge game, and he just seemed like so much more comfortable. He was in command. He was in control took good care of the football, and some of those were the things that we wanted to see out of him. We always knew he was big, could move, had the arm to make all the throws. he do the little things and manage the game, and at least in the first game he showed us that he's made a lot of progress in those departments. So a lot of upside there. He's going to go to a place where I think he's going to fit the offensive scheme. So I think that's why you get some of the range on him, though, is that there's so much talent there. Hasn't always necessarily been uh, consistent in terms of his production on the field. I think if the first game this year was any kind of indication as to what the rest of the year is going to look like, I think he's going to string together a pretty good senior season.
0: I mean, that's certainly good to hear. I think the concern for Ohio State fans, you know, obviously JT Barrett won a ton of games for Ohio State over the last three, four years. Um, but I think the one thing uh, that he, he just, that, that I guess troubled fans, is that he consistently in the vertical passing game, um, he wasn't consistent. He struggled uh, at, at times often. Um, you know, he had a couple good games here and there, a couple good throws within games, but a lot of times he struggled to push the ball vertically the way a guy like a Cardell Jones did. And, and having Dwayne Haskins on the field, it seems like Ohio State and just some of the guys they've recruited, they might be shifting toward getting um, a little bit more vertical with their offense versus leaning too much on the quarterback run. So I guess the question I have for you, and then we'll, we'll move on from Juwan, is, Do you think he has the arm ability to be able to push it uh, downfield vertically consistently and be an effective passer um, in the Big Ten for Ohio State and and lead them to Big Ten and national championships potentially?
1: So uh, to answer that question, yes. I mean, I, I think if there was anything previously that he did really well, it was throw the ball down the field. I thought last year as a junior that was what he did best was was put touch on the deep ball, allow his receivers to go get it. He's got an arm that makes it look easy. The kid can the kid can stroke it. So I think that he's kind of the anti JT Barrett in some ways because he, he can get the ball vertically. It was some of the things that JT did really well. It mentioned, you know, just kind of managing the game and uh, making decisions and those kind of things that I think DeWan needed to work on. So in that realm I think when you mentioned Cardell Jones, I could see where the comparison for DeWan would be a little bit closer to Cardell than it would be um, to a guy like JT Barrett. Now, as far as winning national championships, I'm not ready to say that yet. There's obviously a lot that goes into that. DeWan's team should make a really deep run in the playoffs this year. They've got Justin Rogers who we've touched on, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. They've got a couple other top-level recruits on their team. They should go really deep in the playoffs this year. And to me, if they're going to, it's on DeWan's shoulders. So if he can lead that team deep into the state title, maybe even get to the game and win it this year, then I'll feel a little bit more comfortable with projecting what he could do at Ohio State from that standpoint.
0: It definitely makes sense. And, you know, uh, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out for him. I think the good thing is next year he enters a quarterback room where he doesn't have the pressure of having to be on the field right away. Even if Dwayne Haskins moves on to the NFL, Tate Martell is likely going to be the guy. Matthew Baldwin's also there. Um, So I I, I don't think – you know, the fact that I, – I do think the fact that he has the chance to develop um, while he maybe takes a redshirt year um, and doesn't really have to get on the field until maybe year three, uh, potentially year four in the program, I think that that will bode well for him um, in his development. Before we move on to Justin Rogers and some of the talented 2020 prospects uh, in the state of Michigan, I just real quick wanted to touch on two other 2019s that Ohio State offered. Uh, they're both at Belleville. Offensive tackle Devontae Dobbs. Daub- defensive back Julian Barnett, both uh, committed to Michigan State. I know Ohio State was probably the other team in the mix for Dobbs. I know they've been trying to flip Julian Barnett. Do you see any chance that these guys don't go to Michigan State? Will they look around at all, or do you think they're done for the Spartans?
1: You know, I've learned that there's really no absolute when it comes to recruiting these days. Anytime I think a kid is completely solid, there's always a chance that they'll look around a little bit. With these two guys, though, I think they're – they're among the more solid guys in the state of Michigan. And um, I've run into those guys different places. They are actually at a couple of games this weekend. Uh, after they played, they would come watch other games, and they're always decked out in Michigan State gear wherever they go. And, and obviously not just wearing clothes isn't always just what it is, but they seem very solid. I think there was a brief period of time where there was some flirtation with Julian in Ohio State even after he committed uh, to the Spartans, but I think that's been shut down. Dobbs is definitely – Uh, very solid. I I can't see those two guys going anywhere barring a change and and honestly, I think that part of that too is that Kerry Combs was the guy that built that relationship with them. I think were he uh, still around, I I would feel like there was a little bit more of a chance, but at any rate, I I can't see either of those guys not ending up Spartans on signing day.
0: That's good to know and uh, I I, I tend to agree with you. I think Ohio State maybe actually offered, they, they took a while on Julian Barnett and maybe if they offered earlier, they They might have had a chance. I know with Dobbs, uh, they gave it a good fight. But, um, you know, Michigan State, I think, uh, seems to be the place they're comfortable with and that they're going to end up. But that doesn't mean Ohio State's done in Michigan uh, when it comes to recruiting. Uh, They have some big targets on the board when it comes to 2020. I want to talk about one we mentioned before, Justin Rogers. Um, You know, he's he's definitely put a little drama in his recruitment early on. Um, Some, uh, I guess, misleading tweets, people thinking he was going to commit sooner versus later. I know uh, you recently sp- caught up with him, and uh, it-, it doesn't seem like a decision is going to come anytime soon, but it does seem like Ohio State is in an absolute battle with Georgia, uh, despite the Buckeyes probably getting more visits uh, than any other school in the country from Rodgers. And Rodgers may have visited more than any other 2019 or 2020 prospect to Columbus uh, combined. So um, I guess, Alan, what's, what's your take on Justin Rogers? Um, where do you think things stand in his recruitment, and, and how does Ohio State look right now?
1: Yeah, so he told me that um, the committing
0: stuff was it was about committing to an All-American game, which he
1: just said he was going to play in the Poly Bowl, and I think there's going to be an announcement on um, either Under Armour or Army. or no, it's not Army anymore, the All-American Bowl coming up soon. And uh, so then he said his actual college decision, he's thinking about making it out to signing day of his senior year. So you're talking about a long-time yet before he makes an actual decision. He's supposed to be back at Ohio State. I believe he said it wasn't going to be this game, but the second game uh, he'll be back in Columbus. So he's going to to be back on campus. I do, from what I'm hearing, he didn't say this, but from what I'm hearing, people close to the recruitment, Georgia's really come on there. They've um, they've gotten two unofficial visits from him out of the summer. Sam Pittman, their offensive line coach, has actually come up here and had some success. Um, not just at Georgia when he was at Arkansas. He, he's a really strong recruiter. I think him and Justin have built a good relationship. It's still going to come down to Georgia and Ohio State. I think Georgia is the one that's kind of trending at the moment. Ohio State was the was the leader, and Georgia's kind of climbed up to the point where they're either equal or maybe even slightly ahead. But I think the good news for Ohio State is they're going to have over a year now to to keep working on him. And I think if things Solidify there with Urban Meyer, and, and uh, they have another good season. I think it certainly can go back towards the Buckeyes because they held a lead for a really long time with Justin. Just got to hold off Georgia here.
0: Absolutely, and I think I'm someone who believes the longer this thing goes, the better it is for Ohio State. I think a quick decision would have been favorable for Georgia, but I think, um, you know, in the end, it's relationships, comfortability, um distance from home i think ohio state will have a lot of those things in their corner and i think the longer this thing goes um the better for the buckeyes which is why i haven't changed my crystal ball personally yet for justin rogers um talking about another offensive guard in the class that ohio state has offered uh dallas fincher tell us a little bit about uh this kid how good do you think he is uh where do you think things stand for him right now with his recruitment
1: Well, you know, he's better than his initial rating. I think he has a chance to go up. Um, When we first started scouting, he was a center, probably about 6'2", 6'3". At that time, he's continued to grow. He's over 6'4", now, and actually out playing tackle. Uh, Just watched their first game on film last night, and he was outside. So he's showing a lot of versatility. He was one of the best players that I saw at Michigan State's camp in the summer. So it didn't surprise me that he went to some, some places after that and picked up some offers. Still think he's probably going to end up inside at the next level, but definitely a kid that I would look to move up the rankings this year. As far as his recruiting, he's been a lot of places. Uh, they, they really have hit the road and seen a lot of the regional schools that they have offers from. Michigan State's the one that everybody is kind of looking up at. His dad played football there. He grown up around Michigan State. They were one of the first big schools to offer him. So I think they're the team to beat. But he stayed open to a lot of programs. I mean, if there was going to be a candidate for a kid to just shut it down and pick Michigan State early, it would have been him. Uh, he didn't do it, and, and he's visited a lot of other schools. He's liked those schools. He, he hasn't just visited. I mean, he's come back a couple of times. He's supposed to come back to Ohio State this season. He's visiting Notre Dame this week. So I think he's a guy who, who's going to go through the process. But certainly those family ties, him being a legacy to Michigan State, gives them, I think, a little bit of an edge over the rest of the pack right now.
0: Gotcha. That's great insights. Uh, I wasn't aware that his father played at Michigan State, so that's definitely good insight for our fans to know. Uh, let's talk about a couple of skill guys. Um, one guy I think Ohio State's in a really good position for, I think the Meyer thing could have put a pause um, on some things for a little, but I think it will end up good for Ohio State, is uh, wide receiver uh, Rashawn Williams. Um, tell us about Rashawn and, and what you think about his game and where things stand with him.
1: First, uh, he's one of the more skilled receivers in the midwest and i think you could even say that about the whole country um he isn't maybe there, there's a little bit of a discrepancy in the ranking that we have versus what the composite and the rest of the industry has in that i think a little bit of that with us is just some of his physical testing numbers if you want to compare him to a guy in this class kind of like marcus washington where he's got these great ball skills good size productive um just did test maybe as well as some of the top national guys at some of these other camps. But I saw Rashawn play this weekend, and uh, he may not burn up a stopwatch, but he, he has good play speed. He's a twitchy kid, can make guys miss in the open field. He actually juked a kid on East St. Louis into the ground, and he is physical. I mean, he really, really blocks. He puts. I mean, he, he, he uh, runs physically after the catch. I think he's one of the best pure football players um, in the state of Michigan. So you look at his recruiting, I mean, it's Ohio State, and – I don't even know who the second school would be, maybe a Michigan or a Michigan State, but I think Ohio State's ahead by a, a long ways in that one. Um, and he's going to be back on campus this weekend. I don't know that he's ready to make any decisions there, but I certainly think Ohio State is, is the school that's in the best spot for him right now, really, really likes them, has already kind of talked to the rest of the staff. Obviously, Zach Smith was the one that was doing some of the recruiting there, but he's he's developed a relationship with the rest of the staff. I want to say they offered him – they might have been the first school to offer him or they were the second school to offer him. I think Kentucky offered him when he was an eighth grader, and then Ohio State offered him uh, not too long after that when he was a freshman. So they've been on him for a very long time.
0: Uh, Definitely. And then there's another receiver in the class of 2020. Um, Rashawn will visit this week, and and so will this one, Uh, DeVell Washington – a guy I'm not sure Ohio State's ready. They've offered, but I'm not sure they're ready to, to take a commitment from yet. But what do you think of Washington, um, and where do you think the Buckeyes stand in his recruitment? Yeah, so he's from
1: Bay City, which is way up north in Michigan, and, and so took some school some time to find him. And I think it also some schools had some questions about uh, what is this guy playing against up there. Um, but he certainly dominated that competition last year, and he's physically – he looks great. Almost six foot four, 200 pounds. Can really run. Um, was at a he was at Michigan State camp uh, this summer, and a, a like a guest coach from another school watched him run one route. A Mac coach and said, "There's no way we'll ever touch that guy. <laughs> That's a major Power Five guy." Sure enough, I think he got Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State right in a row uh, after that camp. So I, I think right now, in talking to some people close to him, he does really like Ohio State really likes uh, Michigan as well, um, but like Dallas Fincher, has got some some family ties to Michigan State. Uh, his uncle is Charles Rogers. That was a, the third overall, I think he was the third overall pick, high draft pick for the Detroit Lions. So he kind of grew up liking Michigan State, but I actually get the impression that now that he's entered in his own recruitment, that's kind of, I don't want to say fallen by the wayside because he still likes Michigan State, but it's, he's open to other schools more. And I think Michigan and Ohio State are the schools that he's uh, that have kind of crept in there. So those three schools is going to be kind of a classic Midwest Big Ten battle between those three. And like you said, I think the question is um, how hard does Ohio State push for him, especially if you get Rashawn Williams in the class. You take two receivers from Michigan. I know they've got some other guys on the board from a lot of other places. So that, that kind of becomes more of the question there. But certainly I think uh, Ohio State's one of the top choices for DeBell right now. And I'm actually going to see him play on Thursday.
0: Good stuff. We're looking forward to hearing uh, your thoughts on him and seeing if there's any opportunity for him to kind of move up on the rankings. Um, let's finish this out. Three more guys, 2020 defensive end Bryce Mostella, 2020 safety Macari Page, and 2020 athlete Enzo Jennings. Uh, just give us your quick thoughts. Where do you think things stand for those three guys right now?
1: None of the three have come out and said, you know, this is my leader or this or anything like that and those guys have quite a few offers my my um, impression on all three is that it's going to end up being fairly regional i can't necessarily see any of those three going down to georgia like uh like justin might or you know out west or anything like that except maybe bryce his dad played at auburn so he does have an uh an sec tie there but he uh, grew up in grand rapids his dad played arena league ball in michigan so he, he's kind of more of a regional kid now. I hear Michigan is, is the school that Bryce really likes. He also um, really likes Northwestern. He's a high academic kid. So those are two schools to watch there. Macari, wide open. I think Penn State's got a shot. Ohio State's got a shot. Michigan and Michigan State uh, have good chances. His teammate in the in the 18 class, Lance Dixon, is uh, – sorry, 19 class, is committed to Penn State already. So he's visited out there. I think they may – uh, be a school to watch out for. And then with Enzo, I think uh, it could depend a little bit on Justin. You know, if Justin ends up at Ohio State, you've got Dewan there. It's going to be kind of an Oak Park pipeline. He's visiting Notre Dame this weekend. He said he grew up a Michigan fan. But um, kind of like I said with DeVell Washington, Enzo grew up a Michigan fan, but I don't get the impression that Michigan's this big leader um, in his recruitment or anything like that. So I think Ohio State has, has a good chance with with uh, more of a a chance with Page and Jennings than Bryce. I'm here in Michigan and Northwestern for Bryce. Um, Of the three, I would say Macari Page is probably the one that Ohio State has the best chance with right now.
0: More great stuff from Alan True on prospects Ohio State is going after in the state of Michigan. Uh, Before we let you go, I want to just move outside the state for one prospect. Uh, Offensive tackle is a big need for Ohio State in this 2019 class, and one of the best in the country uh, resides in the state of Illinois, which obviously uh, is within your footprint, uh, in Trevor Keegan. Uh, He's a guy a lot of people have had uh, trouble getting a read on. He doesn't do a ton of interviews. Uh, He's not on Twitter uh, a bunch. Um, he's a guy who, at different times, Ohio State seemed like the favorite. Michigan seemed like the favorite. Some people thought he may not go to either. Uh, what do you have on Trevor Keegan? I know he's a guy you've, you've spoken to a bit. You've spoken to his coach. What's the latest on him and where things stand in his recruitment?
1: Yeah, I thought he might be ready to get this thing done before his season started. His his coach actually said he thought Trevor was ready to get it done as well. And then Trevor kind of pulled back and said, you know, I kind of want to experience recruiting and take all five of my officials. So he's going to take his five officials. I believe it is Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Georgia, and Alabama. Or no, it was Clemson, sorry, in Alabama were the five officials he was going to take, and then he was going to try to make a decision uh, from there. I I think uh, think he'll he'll probably stay in the Big Ten unless his – uh, unless he kind of gets swayed by one of those SEC visits. I think when he was getting ready to make a decision, my impression was that it was going to be Michigan at that point. He had just come off as official with them. Um, and, and Michigan's got a big need at the offensive tackle spot and, uh, and a familiar name for Buckeye fans, Ed Warner, has really put a lot of time into Trevor. Now Michigan's recruiting a couple of offensive tackles. If Trevor waits till the end of the year, um, that spot might fill up. So I, I think it'll come down to a little bit of a numbers game get the impression that Penn State's really all in on them as well. There's not a ton of available offensive tackles in the Midwest right now, so Trevor becomes a hot name for all of those schools. So as of right now, I think uh, it was, it was kind of headed towards Michigan a little bit. Now I'm, I'm not – my crystal ball's still on Michigan, but I'm less confident by that of that uh, by the day, and I think the official visits actually will tell the story. I think the worry for – we're talking about the Big Ten schools is let's not let them go down south and, and kind of get swayed away – um, by Clemson or, or Georgia or one of those schools.
0: Let me ask you something. I, I mean, it seems like Michigan, as you said, would be your pick today uh, if you absolutely had to have one. But where would you say Ohio State fans, do you think they're number two behind Michigan? Do you think they're running behind Penn State? Where, where would you think that they're kind of running right now?
1: Well, like you said, it's, it's, Ohio State at one point in time was considered, I think, you know, the leader or amongst the leaders in the recruitment. I think it's been a little bit back in Michigan, and Ohio State have kind of been doing this back and forth for a while at the top of the recruitment. Penn State came in a little bit later, but I think he wants to check them out. And the same thing with the SEC schools. He hasn't been, uh, and you throw Clemson in there too, with the Southern schools. He hasn't been to those places as much as he's been to Ohio State and Michigan. So I think at the moment Ohio State and Michigan are the top two, and then it's just a matter of him getting familiar with the other three that he's going to visit to see where they stack up uh, compared to the Buckeyes and Wolverines. But I do think at this moment, Ohio State, if they're kind of a 1B to Michigan or a number two to Michigan, certainly, I think those are the top two schools.
0: Great stuff from Alan True breaking down uh, the top Ohio State recruits, commits in the state of Michigan, and touching on one of their biggest targets in the 2019 class, Trevor Keegan. Alan, uh, thanks again for joining the show. Uh, Bucknutters, have a great day.